This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman, or who has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down to education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They're your body's messengers. I am here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Villegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. Hello friend, welcome back. Today I'm really excited to bring to you a different type of episode. Instead of bringing an expert in, I'm bringing in real woman talking about real life and her journey with PMDD. And so I'm so excited to share this conversation I had with Lindsay Girk. And Lindsay is someone who has built a personal style brand that overlaps like style and beauty, but also just this very real and relatable picture into her life as a mom and earlier this year she was brave enough to share her journey with discovering that she had PMDD discovering that PMDD was a thing and caring enough to raise awareness around this issue by sharing her story and so it's an invitation to go on this journey as well and to do it with this hope that other women have been here other women are at the same place that you're at And other women have taken steps and found relief. And it's not just changing their life, but it's changing the way that they show up for everyone else. We dive a little bit into motherhood in this conversation. And I know a lot of women feel like PMDD is prohibitive to being in a healthy relationship, to be in a, you know, committed long-term relationship, to having kids. And what I hope you hear in our conversation about this is that all the things that both of us have learned to practice to support ourselves in motherhood have had this layer of difficulty that we've been knee deep in motherhood when we learn these things. We're trying to keep our head above water while also support, you know, these other needs in our life. But all of these practices you can do beforehand, you can start to implement beforehand where having kids no longer is this prohibitive step for you. It can be something that you go into already knowing how to support your hormones, how to support your nervous system, and how to reach out for help and support. Because having a village is not a sign of weakness. And the biggest gift that you can give to current or future children, if that's something that you want, is the gift of modeling how to care for yourself well, how to ask for what you need, how to set boundaries, how to support yourself, and not lose connection in the meantime to show them how you can still remain fully connected and fully in it and fully present without having to deny all of your own needs and support in the process. Hello, Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Fana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to dive into your story. 
I think everyone's experience with menstrual health issues is so different and we come from it from so many different avenues. And so just hearing those stories and opening the conversation just provides so much validation and hope for so many women. And so I'm excited to dive into that. Me too. I'm happy to be here and talk about this. I feel like this needs to be talked about more. This is something that I had no idea even existed. So if there's someone out there who's feeling a little, you know, I don't know what's going on with me, hopefully this this will help them figure it out. Yeah. So I know the menstrual health space and everything is not what you do. Right. (laughs) So when you started to find some relief, what made you decide that this was a story you wanted to share? You know, so what was that experience and was that a hard decision for you to make? If I'm being honest, a lot of times I wonder, why did I share that (laughs) on social media? But honestly, it's just, it's something that like I knew nothing about. And I felt like I was struggling for a while, had no idea what was going on. So when I discovered that what I was experiencing was PMDD, first I found relief in just knowing that there was something out there. And it's so common that there's a clinical term for it. But I wanted to share my story a little bit in hopes that if any other woman out there was experiencing this, that maybe it could bring light to the subject. They could maybe understand it a little bit more. Go like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling those same exact feelings. I wonder if that's what's going on with me. To not self-diagnose, obviously, but to talk to their doctor about it because it is a struggle and it's hard to explain to people. I think sometimes women just write it off as like PMS or, you know, I'm hormonal and it really is so much more than that. So I am no expert. I'm still figuring everything out as we go, but I just wanted to share my story in hopes that it would help someone out there. I so appreciate that. And um, my sister-in-law actually sent me that video and reading it and kind of reading through the comments and everything was just like, how many women were like, I've never heard of this. And that's exactly my experience. And that sort of validation too, of people want to have this conversation. People are looking for resources, but don't even know where to look. And so I think even just raising your hand and saying like, Hey, this is a thing. It happened to me can help that conversation. Yes. And I don't want people to feel uncomfortable or embarrassed by it Mm -hmm. either. Like the more that we talk about it, the more it will become a normal thing and people can get the help they need or at least have someone they can talk to about it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can overestimate just the value in sharing those experiences, even between women, even if it's not something that you're ready to, you know, get a diagnosis or go down that path. But even just opening the conversation can add so much validity and, and really so much shame around your experience and how you show up in the world. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned that this was like a big shift where you started like post kids started to realize like something's off, something's different. So what were the symptoms that really clued you in that like, okay, this is not just normal PMS. Maybe this isn't just postpartum stuff. So I I noticed a big shift in myself after my daughter was born and hindsight 2020. I, I think I noticed some things after my son was born as well. And I just felt very low energy. I, I I really had no idea what was going on. I was, I was irritable. I had a really difficult time controlling my emotions. It got so bad. Like I felt like I was spiraling into this depression, which is really out of the norm for me. I, I think I have a positive outlook on life in general, and I can see the good in things. So it really 
that was disheartening when you feel like you're out of control of your own emotions and almost like you're a prisoner of what's going on hormonally or whatever it was. So I started paying attention to that because then all of a sudden I would, I would be back to my normal self. I felt like motivated to do things. Like I would take on everything and anything, you know, so I felt like superhero after it was done. This is not right. And I know after my daughter once had gone by, I'm like, okay, nothing's changing. So what on earth is happening right now? I went and I spoke with a therapist and a psychiatrist. I'm like, I'm just going to divulge everything. I don't know what's going on. I was diagnosed for the third time with ADHD um, by three different doctors. And I was like, ignorant. I didn't really fully understand. I was like, no, I don't think so. I made uh, pretty good grades. And I know people with ADHD. I don't feel like it's the same because it is different in everybody. Then I came to find out that PMDD can be directly correlated to ADHD in women. I, I felt just so out of control. And I would look after my daughter was born, I would look at these questionnaires again and again and again, uh, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and nothing was fitting. And I really wanted it to because I wanted a name for what was going on with me. So that was even a little more upsetting because I'm like, okay, I guess this is just how I am now, which is unfair. I felt like not only to me, but to my loved ones as well. When I was going through this, they explained it as PMS, but more severe. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with that, but there's so much more that goes into it. It's not just cramps and irritability. Yeah. And it can be all consuming too. And yeah. that's so hard. Yeah. When you're trying to take care of little ones as well, like I've been there and it's, it's really hard and there's already so much to like mom culture shame. And just to add this layer on where you're like, I know this version of me that I resonate with that feels like me and this isn't the same, but this is how I am, you know, and and like you're saying, like not having the name for it being so hard to communicate to your partner, to, you know, your family, what's going on and the support that you need is, is such a challenging place to be in. So I really resonate with that. I do think that it can make it worse when you feel like you don't know what's going on, it, it just got, it got really dark before Mm -hmm. I reached out to a doctor about it. It got really dark. And I was like, I guess this is just how it's going to be. So understanding it a little bit more does help so much. And knowing that other women go through this. And so when you were starting to get to that point of like, okay, I need to reach out. Did you just start talking to your gynecologist about it? Were you tracking things? So I reached out to my prescribing doctor for my ADHD medication because I thought maybe something was going on with that. This Mm -hmm. is the first time that I had been taking my medication as directed. Like I said, I was ignorant. I still (laughs) thought, no way. So we went to them first and I said, I feel like something is not working. I don't know if it's the dosage or the time. I don't, I'm not sure. And she said, I think you should go and speak to gynecologist, family practitioner, just see what's going on with you because you shouldn't be so exhausted and you're basically taking a stimulant. Like, so I set up that appointment, couldn't see her for, I think it was like a month or month and a half. I remember crying on my knees in my bathroom, praying for help. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Please, please, please give me a sign. Help me. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm not even something clicked. And I thought, let me get out a piece of paper. I got out a white piece of paper. I think I used the side of a magazine to create this calendar because I I didn't want to print one out. It wasn't big enough because I, I wanted to jot down every single thing that I was doing, how I was feeling. I wrote down how many hours I got that night for sleep. Um, how much caffeine was I drinking? Did I take my ADHD medication that day? 
What were my moods? I mean, I wrote down everything. Did I have wine? I wasn't sure if that was affecting it, you know? And after about a month and a half, I realized that it was all directly correlated to my cycle, this horrible week, which I call um, my fraternity hell week. Because <laughs> I just felt like a big, I just felt like a brat. I didn't know what was going on. Um, it was right before my period. And it was like a day or two after that I felt back to normal. I felt like myself again. So I was like, all right, there's, there's something to this. Let's, let's dive into that. Let's figure more out. Um, and then when I talked to my gynecologist, she was like, this is textbook, yeah. uh, PMDD. I think doctors are so helpful, but we are our biggest advocates and we need to really take control and pay attention to what's going on with us. And then we can walk in there not saying like, could it be this, but just, you have all of the information, they have the knowledge. So you're kind of, you're getting the help that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important to reframe the way that we think about doctors. Cause I think so often it's like, they're the authority, they're the expert. So we just come and ask them these big open-ended questions and they are experts on the medicine and all of those things, but they're not an expert on your body. And also, you know, if you went to your tax person and were like, do my taxes and they're like, where are your receipts? And you're like, in a box at home. Yeah. Like, they can't just like make it happen, right? Like you have to be a, a partner in that process because the more data you can bring on yourself, the more that they can say like, using all this knowledge that I spent years and thousands and thousands of dollars, right, to, to accumulate, I can help you navigate this data and help you find solutions. Absolutely. I think doctors and medical professionals appreciate yeah. that because otherwise, what, like you said, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on with you. You're not giving me any information. <laughs> right. And that's when you get those like boilerplate responses of like, you know, maybe it's depression or like you know, kind of these big label things because it's like, well, based on the little bit of information you can give me, like I can't go any deeper, right? But we, especially as women, like with our cycles have like all of this data that is just available to us. So I think we shouldn't have to be in those moments. Cause I mean, I've been there too, where you're just like, I need some kind of sign. Like there's gotta be something more here. Yes. Like the thought that our cycle is a part of it should definitely be a more like first line of defense, you yes. know, thought. And that's really the hope of like raising awareness on these topics is like your cycle is affecting way more than your period or if you're cramping, you know, like this is your whole month. This is years of your life that this is influencing. Absolutely. You've decided to go on a more like holistic approach to your symptoms, even in this, like in motherhood um, and in your relationship, like have there been specific things that you've seen have been really helpful for you? not prescribing or diagnosing you don't have to go into you know any of those details but just like what have been those big things that have made a difference in your experience and i think you know you're bringing up being a mother you can't really a lot of times people say during your pmdd time you know take it easy get some rest spend some it's hard yeah. being a mom you don't get days off but you know you Sometimes it's necessary to ask your husband, you know, I need a little bit of time when you get home or I need a little bit of time this weekend to just be, to yeah. just rest on the couch. Doesn't necessarily mean a nap, but to, to give yourself a little time, whatever time you can get, because it is difficult. And I think as moms, we have so much going on in our heads, you know, birthday parties, things at school, 
activities for the kids, dinner, vacations. It's all, it's all there's a lot that's put on us. Um, not to say that my husband doesn't help out tremendously. Mm-hmm. We're definitely a team, but when you feel a little out of control and you don't know what's going on with yourself, that can make it even harder. I think. Absolutely. I'm used to being able to somewhat control this stuff. And I, I myself feel out of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that process of learning to ask for help for things that you feel like are just basic everyday things. Cause I mean, sometimes it's hard enough, right. For us to ask for help when like objectively it's a valid reason to ask for help. But then when it feels like, okay, I shouldn't need help to like get the kids a snack or, you know, like the basics. My husband's been super helpful in pushing me to ask for help. And sometimes he's had to get like pretty explicit with it. Like, look, you're no good to us. (laughs) If you stay here right now, like, what do you think you're offering right now? (laughs) That's great, actually. But sometimes you need that to be like, oh, right, me taking a nap or taking like five, 10 minutes to go like, scream into a pillow if I need to. Yes. Like, this is way more beneficial to the way I'm showing up for my family than like rage making sandwiches or you know, yes. whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm still learning how to ask for help. I, I never want to be a burden. Not that I'm made to feel that way. That's all up mm-hmm. in my own head. But it is incredibly difficult to ask for help. Like you said, the little things that you feel like should not be a big issue, but sometimes they, they are when you, when you're tapped out, you're tapped out. We're only human. Okay. PMDD or not like it's just life. And especially your kids are little. My kids are little like that toddler years. Like they're so needy Oh <laughs> my in, in that like physical needy way. That's different than like, you know, emotional needs where it's like, okay, come cry. Like you can cry with me. We can cry together. That's fine. But like the no, I need you to come wipe my butt. <laughs> and you're like, I don't. Yes. And when you're when you're raising little ones, I fully believe that mostly you are just regulating your own mm-hmm. emotions because they mirror what you do. You're teaching them by doing. So it is an exhausting thing that is so wonderful, and there are so many benefits to it. But it can be tiring just doing that alone you know, not only feeding them and wiping butts and getting (laughs) snacks and being a shoulder to cry on, kissing boo-boos, it's monitoring your own, your own emotions. Yeah, that was a real game changer in motherhood for me when I like got to that point where it was the work that I needed to do on learning how to regulate my nervous system and giving people permission as well. Like that was a big conversation with my husband of like, you have permission not to take on like how I'm feeling as well where it's like you don't have to fix it because sometimes this is just what the day is we're all going to do the best we can today you can also get caught in that loop of like i'm not the best version of myself and so now i feel bad because i'm making other people's day worse and then taking that on in the way that that escalates and builds yes we never want to be the source of anyone else's Mm -hmm negative feelings or emotions or, or or anything like that. And it is possible, and I had to learn this, it is possible to be stressed out and overwhelmed and overtouched and also so extremely grateful mm-hmm. at the same time. That doesn't mean that you're ungrateful just because you had a rough morning or day. You can be grateful too. 
I was just at a conference this weekend, and one of the things one of the speakers said that was so, so good, they said that today's overwhelm is an abundance of what you prayed for. That was like such a powerful reframe. It's like sometimes like, yeah, these kids are like, what did I do? But it's also like, there was a time when I wasn't sure with like all my hormone stuff. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have kids. And fortunately I was, but it was like, there was a time where like that was the biggest thing, you know, that I wanted. I also, I know it might sound silly, but understanding and telling myself in that moment, this is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. We know it's, it's always in my calendar. I know when it's coming and know that it will come to an end. We'll get back to that good place. Um, looking forward to something, reminding myself that all that I have to be grateful for kind of puts things into perspective, making sure I get outside, mm-hmm. just doing things like putting your feet in the grass, feeling some sun on your face. Also, and I know not everyone has this luxury and I am so grateful that I have the ability to kind of shift my schedule around that week because it almost feels at times impossible to get what I need to get done. So the previous week or maybe the week after I'll, I'll try and rearrange certain things. Um, My husband helps too. I put it in his calendar on his phone. So he knows. So when, you know, if he comes home from work, I'm like, can you just, can I just have like 30 minutes just to breathe and think, you know, just to get more at peace with myself for the time being. And he's really understanding of that. And I do think that it has helped. And I received this piece of advice and I never really thought of it this way. It's, you know, how was this month compared to last month? Were there little improvements? Then let's celebrate those little improvements. When I felt myself spiraling, was I able to kind of monitor that a little bit better or at least remove myself from a situation? Um, That's an improvement. So that's something to celebrate. And, you know, moving forward, you just are looking for little improvements along the way. I love all those things you're saying. Those are definitely like those first steps of like the awareness of it, setting it up in your calendar, knowing that it's coming. And um, that's where I started really as well was those like moments because I was looking for like the goal was how do I get more days, more good days out of my month. And so I was like, how do I get more days? And what I had to realize was like, first, I need to look at these moments where I'm doing better because otherwise I was getting so discouraged by the fact that it was like, okay, here we go. Here's another month. And I also had to talk about them because there were some times where like to an outside perspective, like I didn't look any better. But I would tell like my husband, these were two instances today where I know I would have blown up like crazy previously, but I didn't, or I stepped away or I did something and like having to call them out to see that progress. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is like understanding that to heal, you have to make your body feel safe. So like there is going to be a period of time where it feels really restrictive when your symptoms are that intense, Mm -hmm. which can be so hard, especially when, you know, you're an ambitious person, you're doing all the things you want, all the things, but for your health, it is initially that restriction of, I need to do what my body needs so that I can start figuring out and stretching what I'm capable of doing for sure. Yes. And it, and it is really hard. There are some things that you just can't maneuver. You can't mm-hmm. reschedule. And I've had that happen um, just this past year where it's like that week, 
I have more going on this week than I really ever should, plus a trip, plus we've got that. I'm finalizing these details and I'm like, this is going to be rough. You were kind of like taking a deep breath before you jump into freezing cold water. Um, And that makes it difficult, but. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, when you can't reorganize your schedule or move things, Mm -hmm. it's being really clear on what your expectations are on that. Like if you have a trip, and it's hell week, then it's like, we can't set this up to be, we're doing all the activities all the time. Yes. Like, where can I build in moments in every day across the trip where we have additional help? Like if you're doing a trip with family, like, all right, when is grandma and grandpa taking the kids so that I can take a nap? Or, you know, setting those expectations because, uh, you know, beginning of your cycle vacation is very different <laughs> than, PMS, PMDG vacation, but that doesn't mean that you can't be present, you can't enjoy it, you can't connect and have intimacy with, you know, your family in that process, but it's knowing like how to support yourself through it and what are the things that matter, right? Because there's going to be like, if it's a wedding or it's like, we're doing Disney. (laughs) Well, I mean, one, don't do Disney. (laughs) But if it's like, we're going for this one day, like, yeah. knowing, like, there are days where you can, like, suck it up and you can do it because it's a specific thing that you want to do. But knowing that, like, all right, and then the rest of the trip has to be, like, I'm laying by the pool doing nothing. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. And, again, it's those expectations, I think, that often set us up to feel so much worse and to highlight the fact that we're not at the same, you know, energy level as we want to be when we're keeping our expectation at the same level. And that's a hard lesson yeah. to learn. I struggle with that a lot. Why can't I just get this done? Why is it so difficult? You know, it is frustrating. Yeah. But then I keep it in the back of my mind, like, you know what? Like day through my period, I'm going to be on cloud nine. So let's just look forward to that feeling that I know is going to come. The more that you rest and the more that you take care of yourself, the sooner that that energy kicks in too. Yes. Otherwise you're dragging and it's just, because if you push through too much and knowing that, like if you do that vacation on that week, you might not get that high that next week and also being okay with that because your body needs to recover. Yes. Oh, so true. Yes. It's hard. It is really hard. And we talk about, you know, control. I don't, I don't know about you. I I don't think I'm a control freak, but you have to have a schedule. You have to understand what's, I have to write down every single day, what I'm, what I have to get done that day. And if I have the time or the energy, here's some other things I can get done. Um, but almost releasing the control and just accepting has helped me once I started to do that. And it is an ongoing Mm-hmm. thing. It's a muscle. I realized that I do kind of stay a little bit here. I'm not going to, oh, this didn't, this fell through. This didn't work out. It's not necessarily like, oh my gosh, end of the world. It's like, well, that stinks, you know, or this happened and you're excited, but it's not, I don't know. It's, it's kind of nice being a little bit even keel. And that I think only happens when you do kind of release a little bit of the control mm-hmm. that I have felt <laughs> for my whole life. Maybe I am a little bit of a control. <laughs> I am definitely. Yeah, no, I definitely am. So that's been a huge thing. Like, okay, like, let's focus on being. 
Mm -hmm. and, and less on on doing is, yeah. has been a huge thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing about your journey and your story and just being so vulnerable to open that up. Let us know. I mean, you're like TikTok in real game is on point. Tell us where people can follow you. Oh, thank you. Um, So just my name on TikTok and Instagram, Lindsay Gert. Yeah, I, we have fun there. I like connecting with people. My favorite part about social media is just being able to connect with others and hopefully share my story and make you smile or just start your morning off fun, I guess. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so great talking with you. It's been great talking with you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify or wherever you listen and be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to BriannaVegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching.